Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Thank you for having another listen, guys. Just before we get into the show, just want to talk to you about a new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell their products in lunchrooms, reception desks, and they are in more than 25,000 workplaces in Australia. Their books and gifts sell up to 70% off recommended retail price, and as the largest direct seller of books and gifts across Australia, they have a strong buying power, and without the overheads of a shop front, they can afford to pass on significant savings. So guys, if you want to take a look at this, the link will be below in the description, but guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into the show. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Yes, I know I have been a little bit absent in the space, but I do... I really do say sorry to that, guys. A lot of been going on. Uni's been going on. Basketball trials have been happening, this and that. But, guys, I'm back. We're going to have a couple episodes this week coming up. I'm really, really looking forward to it. This pod is just going to be everything about a wrap-up of what I've missed in the NBA. So, guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. Yes, I know, previously I've said I have been a little bit slack in this, but guys, life's just been going on. I do appreciate everyone that's listening, guys. I hope you're having a great day, having a great couple great couple months, especially if you're in Sydney, you know, or in Australia listening to this, you know, out of lockdown, COVID, this and that, you know, I do know it's a bit of a crazy time we're living in right now, but we'll get through this, guys. Have absolute faith. But guys, I'm not going to waste any more time. Uh, NBA little wrap up, you know, there has been a long time since I've actually been in doing a podcast, so I just want to talk about everything that's coming in between. First thing I'm going to talk about, I'm actually going to talk about them first, there's a massive gap right now, I think, in the NBA between the top tier teams, the middle teams, and then the teams that just don't have a chance right now. And the way I look at it, I look at it in tiers, right? So who's in my tier one? Right now, obviously, it's Golden State. I obviously have Golden State in there. You guys know, if you guys listen to this, I'm super high on Golden State, always have been. I'm not. I'm shocked about how good they're going, but I'm not shocked about how good they could possibly be. Also, got to talk about Phoenix. Phoenix have been a team where a lot of people thought it could have been a luck season from this past season. Now, I understand where people come from that, but if you look at their team, I think they've gotten better. They addressed probably one of the biggest focuses they needed to in this past season where Offset where where in the finals they got they really got you know I am not I'm not too sure on the word I can say they really got exposed I would say and that's when they had DeAndre Ayton off a backup big and they did a really really good job in getting Javale McGee and you look at it Javale McGee was a starting center for the Los Angeles Lakers last year in the 2020 you know NBA Finals you know so he's a really really good player I'm really really excited of what I've seen in Phoenix I don't think at all it was a luck season this past season I think they're building something really really nice and you've got to look at it. They, they have a little bit of controversy with Robert Saba right now. He's in a little bit of hot water. I'm not going to go into that topic too far because I'm too I'm not too sure on what's going on there. But it's not something that's, you know, really, really good at the moment. You know, and, and that could, you know, absolutely hinder a team. But I do think that they've done a really, really good job. And Monty Williams is a top 10 coach for me right now in the NBA. I'd possibly go on to say right now, at this current moment, he's the second best coach in the NBA. Just based on what he's doing, I think they're doing a really, really good job. But guys, I'm really, really happy to see Phoenix. I'm also going to put in this tier, Milwaukee. Now, I think I'm going to touch on a little bit about Milwaukee a little bit later, but I used to, I used to think Milwaukee was terrible. I used to think that no, no way they could win a championship with the team assembled. But guys, they haven't lost a game with their big three, right? You've got to think about that. They haven't lost a game with their big three in Middleton, Giannis, and Drew Holiday. They are right now, I still think, the favorites in the East to win the champion, to come out of the East. I think 
What I see from them is championship pedigree, and I think they've actually gotten a little bit better too, if you ask me. I think the addition of Grayson Allen is really, really nice. I think it's a really good addition. It's a smart addition because they didn't have a lot of wiggle room to get much better, but they have. And I think that's where you see a team that's a really, really smart franchise. They know how to evaluate talent. They know how to get it for a cheaper minimum, and then they know how to make them better and fit better in their system. Now, I will say Brook Lopez not being out and him being out indefinitely, it will hurt them, I think, in the long run because he's a very, very good player. A lot of people underestimate how good of a player he was. He was an all-star at his peak, and he's still a really serviceable player in this league. So I'm really happy and excited to see them doing really well without him. But I actually just like the way Milwaukee played. They play unselfish team basketball. And I was a big, you know, non-believer in Budenholzer, but I actually think he's doing a really, really good job. And I am impressed with them. I will throw Brooklyn in that tier, but I'm still looking at Brooklyn and thinking it's hard because you don't have Kyrie. And, you know, you never know if Kyrie's going to come back. I doubt he will. I doubt he'll play another game for the Nets. I don't think he'll play a game for the Nets this season because I like what he's doing. You know, he stands up for what he believes in. And he's, and he's taking a stand. And that's absolutely fair, but I just don't know what they're going to do there. I think if you if you can lock down KD, I think you would rather let Harden score. And, and, and that's crazy because Harden's an elite scorer, but we have seen this past season he has struggled to get into his mojo and his rhythm a little bit. And let's not let's not doubt any fact of him. He's still an all-star in this league. He'll still be an all-star, but we're not seeing peak Harden. And I just think you look at him too, he's a little bit overweight. And I, I, I look... Pot calling the kettle black here, but he, he's a little bit overweight and he's playing himself in the shape and that's hurting him. And I think it, it it's something that Brooklyn needs to address. Saying, James, we got to get you fit, mate. We want to win the championship. We're not in here just to, you know, get into games and win regular season. We want to win the championship. Get into peak physical condition because KD will need your help more, more now than ever, especially without Kyrie. But I will say, I will throw them into the tier one. So that's kind of like my four teams in the tier one. My tier two, it's a little bit interesting because you can go into a lot of variations here. I do have Chicago right now from the east in my tier two. I'm still very impressed with what Chicago is doing. I still would like to see them in a playoff series, and they'll definitely be in the playoffs, don't get me wrong. Knock on wood, touching injuries, but they don't really have any foreman, you know, after Javante Green, and they're not very deep. But I do see them being a team in, in probably... February, March, where where you just see that trade deadline go past and then buyout market where teams, where players will want to go play for them because they do have minutes available. You know, you really do look at it. They're not a super deep team. So you look at possibly a center that could get bought out. Maybe a Kevin Love, honestly, if he gets bought out, he could be a player that goes to Chicago. He can be that starting four man for them a little bit or he can come off the bench for them, be a backup five, kind of back up Nikola Vucevic at the moment. You know, that's a definite, you know, possibility. But... I just really like everything about them. I think that they're the team who's improved the most in this offseason. And if you had to ask me who would be executive of the year, it, it, it would be very hard to go past the Chicago Bulls because their front office has done a really, really good job coming in with Billy Donovan. It's only taken them two years to get back into the top of the Eastern Conference. And I actually really like what they did. A lot of people slandered the De- DeRozan free agency signing. I just had no idea what how he'd fit, but he's an all-star right now. He's, po- he's possibly... Depending on who you ask, their best player, he's their best scorer at the moment, and it's really interesting to see you know a wing combination go this good. We probably haven't seen one since Dwayne Wade and LeBron James era when they were playing for Miami Heat, so it's actually really good to see. And then they actually play pretty good, and a lot of people would think that they're a really you know three point threat shooting team because they have Lonzo and Levine, but they don't shoot as many threes. And Durant Rosen probably right now still at this point in time is probably the best mid range player ever. Yeah, I mean, the best mid, not ever, the best mid-range player in today's game right now, I would say he's so, he's so, oh, I'm not too sure what the word is here, but he's just 
able to get to his spots, and he's so silky in the way he does it. So I'm really impressed with what they're doing. I will say Miami's in that tier for me still. They have been up and down through injury, but I still think that they're the sleeper in this Eastern Conference, guys. you got to really look. Once they get Bam back from injury, Victor Oladipo comes back. Jimmy Butler's a little bit healthy. Kyle, I think they're destined to be a really, really strong team in the East, and we saw what they could do. So I'm really... I'm still high on the Miami Heat, and and you really have to be. You really got to watch them play at peak, so because they they're really a dangerous team for me. I'll throw Utah in that tier two also. They they for me are a team that's really good in the regular season. I I definitely believe that they can beat teams. They can get to that second round of the playoffs. You know they they will be in the second round of the playoffs if everything ended today. But I just need to see what they're about against the top teams. You know, I'd probably look at them and say, can they beat a Phoenix and Golden State right now? No. But that doesn't mean that they can't. They could be another team that also looks to get, you know, pick up some players through trade market or buyout market because they're a team that is really interesting to see. If they were fully healthy, they might have definitely beaten the Los Angeles Clippers this past season, especially when Kawhi went down because a lot of people forget Mike Conley wasn't playing. You know, he 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 he, he didn't play the first five games of that series. And they lost in six to the Los Angeles Clippers, I believe. So you know, you have him for for four, four or five of those games. They could make, they might go up three nil, and then they might just ice it. You know, so it, it's it's hard to say how good Utah can be. I think Utah are a really good team. I like what they're doing, and especially, you know, they love. I think being in Utah, they don't have as much marketability, and they can fly under that radar. But if you're a basketball purist and you really like watching basketball and good, you know, team structured basketball, watch the Utah Jazz because they're in my tier two. Now, after that, it, it, it does. It does. There is a bit of a decline at the moment. You know, one team I'm not going to talk about in saying, you know, I want to talk about them a bit later, and we'll actually transition to the into that right now. And you know, my next topic I was going to talk about is we're seeing a lot of teams now looking to do the rebuild. You know, looking to do that rebuild, and and you know, you saw Indiana saying maybe we might lean towards that rebuild. And a team for me that a lot of people don't look at as saying. You know, that might be, you know, a model of a really good rebuild for me. And that's the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, on my previous podcast, I did shout out the Memphis Grizzlies a lot. But I just want to talk to you about what they've done. So they were kind of in that mold where they were competing for a championship. They made the Western Conference Finals at one point. And that was really, really good for them. I think it was really good for them to get on the map. Now, obviously, they didn't go through all the way to the finals, but it was really good for them. And then they kind of were in that teething where they're that 6 to 8, 6 to 10 range. And they, they, they looked at it and they said, you know what? We don't want that. Let's let's go out and let's you know try to you know bottom out and get that rebuild. But what they do really really well, and I think a lot of people have to underest, I have to understand what they do really well is they're able to analyze talent at every level of the draft. Now you look at their picks, their pick number two, Jar Morant, right? Obviously great talent. Number pick number four, Jaron Jackson. Pick Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark. You know all these players that are super, super important to their team right now. And for me, I don't think that it gets enough credit. And I actually think that they're a team, if I if I look at you know teams that have rebuilt, I think that they're probably a prototypical team because they get their picks, but they're, they're hitting on their picks. And a lot of teams don't do that, especially from after you go from the 15 range out of the lottery. They're a team that's consistently hitting their picks. Now, I, knew, I will say number two and four, Jaron Jackson and Jar Morant, they were pretty obvious picks. You know, they were really good picks, obviously. But Desmond Bain, that's a really, really good pickup, guys. Like, I think he can definitely, you know, be a premier three and D defender. Uh, sorry, 
a premier 3&D player in this league for a long, long time. And I really like what he did. They also got Dylan Brooks too, guys. You know, So the more I'm talking about them, the more I am just so in love with what they're doing. And Taylor Jenkins, for me, I think is a coach that he doesn't get his flowers, he doesn't get his credit, but he's building them into a really, really nice team. And they get along, you know, and they still have that that grit and grind type thing, that that blue collar where, you know, we're going to outwork you, we're going to out-hustle you, we're going to play you hard. And we're gonna, every time you play us, it's going to be a hard game. Now, I know they might get blown out, this and that, but since they've lost Ja Marine, you know, and I, I think Ja Marine is an all-star caliber player this year and he'll definitely be an all-star. He might possibly get, you know, voted in as an all-star. I'm not too sure. I would vote him as my all-star, one of my guards, but that's not a hero. But without Ja, they're 6-1. and one. You know, and I and and it's it's interesting to see because I thought if our jar that would have been average, and I'm not going to lie, but right now they're 15 and 11, and they're the fourth seed in the West. You know, so how can you not talk about them as a rebuild? And and people are understanding they're still the second youngest team in the NBA. They're not supposed to be this good this early, and I just think everything they're doing is really really strong. So I, I, that's why I like talking about teams like that, and you know, teams that are going to be that in a couple of years. OKC, I think, are going to be a team where the rebuild, people are going to think it's going to take longer to... It's not, because they've got two really, really strong players in Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy. And, and oh, look, I think Josh, I'm always going to be biased towards Josh Giddy because he's an Aussie, but one of my good mates, Duff, says whenever he's playing, it just looks like the level and the speed is to his speed. And that's, for me, one big tell if they're going to be a really, really good player. Like, you look at Steph Curry when he has the ball, it looks slow or it looks like it's playing on his time. And I think once players and, and once fans really, you know, look at that, that's how you can kind of dictate who's a really, really good player. Like, you look at Kevin Durant, he never looks like he has time out of his hands. Now, I'm not comparing Kevin Durant to, to Josh Giddy, but someone that knocks out of Josh Giddy was he's not athletic enough, he's not fast, he won't be able to keep up with the speed of the NBA. And that, and that has been the opposite, the absolute opposite, if you ask me. So for me, I think they've got two really good players, some studs there, and they do have some pieces that can absolutely be good. Some can be hit or miss. I think Pokashevsky, you know, a lot of people had some high expectations on him. Maybe he might not be the player they they had anticipated, but I, I, I like some of their players. I like Lou Dort. I think he's going to be a really nice piece. I'm not too sure how good he can possibly be, but I like him a lot. You know, he's averaging 17.3 points a game, four rebounds. You know, I, I like Darius Baisley a lot too. I'm not, I know that he's not averaging as many points, but 8.6 rebounds, 1.3 assists. He's still pretty young. So, you know, there's some there's some definite pieces there, and they're not going as bad as what I thought, but they're not going as bad as what everyone in the NBA thought. So I think another team that can possibly beat up Memphis in a couple of years' time can definitely be OKC. But I just wanted to talk about OKC because I thought they're really, really nice in what they're doing. And I think, you know, I just think that they're going to be a team that can definitely upset a, pl- a team in this, in this playoffs. And if they... If they fall and they versus the Lakers, I, 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 I would, you know, like, I would be interested to see how good that series could be because I could see the Grizzlies beating the Lakers. And it's great that I'm talking about the Lakers now because I just wanted to talk about them for a couple of minutes. Bill Simmons said this at, at the start of the season before they played the game, and he said, this LA team gives me big 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers guys where they've just gone out and they've just signed guys and they just hope it fits. And... I absolutely see it now, and I, I had to watch it just a little bit to see what it's like. There's no fit. There's no mesh. There's no key players, key five on their team. And what pisses me off, and Charles Barkley said it correctly too, and he's so right. He said, the fact that they're even looking to possibly look at firing Frank Vogel, it's 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 ludicrous. It's just, it's just wrong. 
He's won a championship for that club already. How can you go out and fire him? It's not his fault that he's got a team that has no fit. That's not his problem. When he had a team, he, he was able to make it fit. They were the best team in the NBA. Like, So I, 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 get, I get annoyed at that because as a coach, sometimes the, the blame just goes on a coach, and that's not fair. You know, sometimes the fit isn't great. Now, I would understand if he went out and he said, I want to sign X, Y, Z, all these players, but he didn't. And for me, that pisses me off. They just don't fit. And that's 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 just something that if you're Rob Polinka, you've got to analyze now and you've got to say, okay, who doesn't fit on this team? One big player that doesn't fit, Russell Westbrook. He's not going to fit with LeBron and AD. Now, a lot of people could say it could work. It could still work. I, I, I don't know how it would. But I, I would like to give the benefit of the doubt because I like Westbrook as a player. I like him. I think he plays the right way. He plays tough. He plays hard. He plays physical. And everyone says he's a stat chaser. It's not hard. It's not easy to get a triple-double. Like, it's so it's so hard. I don't think I've ever got a triple-double in my life. Like, it's hard to do that. And he plays with that edge every single game. So I have so much respect for him. But I think the way you, you, you build a team around LeBron and, and AD is how, is how you had it. Shooters, 3 and D players, players that go out and get after it, players that don't mind getting dirty, you know, and this team isn't that, it's just not, and I'm not, I'm not sold on it, and I think Bill Simmons, if you guys don't listen to him, obviously listen to this podcast first, but mate, I, I think he is, without a doubt, the best podcast to talk about in the NBA right now, because he sees things and he analyzes talent, and he analyzes team to a T, where I actually, every time I hear him, it's I'm, I've kind of have to say he's right. He's always usually right, and and it, he doesn't get scared to say, "Look, I fucked up. I got this wrong." But if you're a Lakers fan, you you can't be happy. You you are the sixth seed right now, fourteen and thirteen. I just don't think it's going to work. You got to trade some players. If it's me, I'm getting shooters. Like their best five for me right now. AD at the five, LeBron at any real position. It doesn't really matter. Carmelo, I'd say Avery Bradley. And it's hard, like maybe a, maybe a Rajon Rondo because he's smart and he can take a little bit of the, the brain pressure off of LeBron. But they just, you know, Taylor Hall Tucker possibly too, but they're just not. They're just not a team that fits. So I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not impressed with them. Now, Trevor Ariza, I think, could have been a piece for them, but I just don't know what he's going to be like. And especially now that he hasn't even played, it could be a problem. Like he might not even play. Trevor Ariza, five years ago, it would be an absolute fit for LeBron. But right now, if you're a Lakers fan, I, I, I don't think it's going to work. And if they, if they fire their coach, it's just a sign where, look, oh, we're not playing good. Let's just sack the coach. No, it's not the coach's fault. Frank Vogel is one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the league. So I'm, I, I think they're not going to work. And, you know, I had to talk about this Lakers team because they're the biggest market and the biggest franchise, I think, in the NBA right now. I would say the New York Knicks are up there too, but they're just a team that's not going to fit. And I can see it right now. If they win the championship, I will be probably, with a lot of fans of purest NBA, so shocked that they would win it. Because LeBron's looking like he's catching up to his time. AD doesn't look like he's normal player. Russ, I love him. He has all the effort, but he just doesn't fit with these boys. You know, a report came out saying they could have had DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Like, look, I don't know. I think as a person who who would look at analyzing talent, I would have taken that. I would have taken Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and possibly another pick for for, for Kuzma and Trez because it's just a better fit. But yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on this team, and I think team players and people got to realize 
Lakers aren't going to win a championship as assembled. Now, I want to talk about another team right now, too, who's doesn't get the credit they deserve. Sorry, a player that doesn't get the credit they deserve. And I talked to him about it earlier, the Bucks, but I know that Steph Curry, and I, I believe this to this day, and I had him as my 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 early award predicting as the MVP, but one of my good friends, the coach, friend of the, of the podcast, he, he he gave me a great, art, a great point slash argument on why he thinks Giannis could possibly be the MVP. And he said, look, what they do in, in Milwaukee is is they win, right? They win. They won a championship, right? But you look at Giannis. Giannis, when he gets his looks, versus Steph, when he gets his looks. If Steph doesn't convert his looks, he can have nights where he comes a little bit underdone. And we've seen it against Phoenix. We've seen it against Charlotte. Now, two times out of 25 games, right? Don't get me wrong. But when Giannis has his looks, he converts them because... He's so dominant, they're usually dunks or layups to the ring. Now, I'm not saying that Giannis is the MVP because I still think it's Steph Curry, but the point I'm making here and Coach made was who is the best player in the NBA right now? Who is? Who's the hardest player to guard? And I think he's right. I think it's Giannis. Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. He's just so, so hard to guard. I remember the first game against Brooklyn, fourth quarter, where he caught the ball at the three-point line, took one dribble, and he was in the key, like literally, like one dribble in the key, dunking. Like that's just, you just don't like, but it was like one step for him. Like it's just, like it's just insane about how good he can he is. And he's gotten better. I don't care what anybody says. Probably in two seasons ago, if you ask, if you look at the, his season, you look at him just playing eye level, you say, hey, he was the MVP two years ago, Right. And you look at him now, he's better than what he was at the MVP, if you ask me. And it's hard because he's probably not going to win it, which is crazy, right? Because Steph's going to win it because they're having this glorious season. But that's how good this guy is, dude. Like, he's he's nuts. He's dead set insane. And if I probably could start a team right now, I'm taking Giannis. I'm taking Giannis. For the next five years, you will be dead set in the championship hunt. Like, it's not even a question. Like, the next player I would take... I mean, I'm, I'm leaning very hard towards John Morant, man. I'm leaning so hard towards John Morant. I probably wouldn't. Maybe a Luca, but Luca's also got that James Harden problem where he just gets fat at the start of the season and he doesn't play into his, his weight. Apparently he came in at 260 pounds, which is pretty heavy. Like Giannis is 317, and that's probably like another 20, 25 kilos, which is a big difference. Don't get me wrong, but fuck. You can't be coming in at that. And, you know, you look at it, you know, as, as a jar, like, you just don't know how long he will last, but fuck, he's he's gone, man. He's gone. But, yeah, going back, Giannis, it's crazy. He's not going to get the MVP out if Steph Curry keeps this up, but he's better than what he was at the MVP. So, right now, he's the best player in the world, man. He is. Steph's the most hot player in the world right now, but you're building a club, man. You've got to take Giannis. you got to. you got to. Now, apparently, there has been a little bit of rumors coming out, too, on the next topic here. Ben Simmons, the, the trade talks are heating up. I call bullshit on that. I don't think he'll get traded this season, to be quite honest. I don't I don't see it. Unless some team gives him a deal where they want. Darren Morey wants like a top 15 to 25 player for him. I, who the fuck's going to give that up for him right now? You just wouldn't. Like, it's just damaged goods. Like, And I, I have been pretty hard on Ben Simmons on this, on this podcast. But then I had to think about, like, fuck. Just think about what he's going through. Like, fuck, he's got a whole city against him. You know, there's, like, he had his coach come out and say he doesn't know if he could win a championship with him. Like, that's tough, man. Like, that, um, like, that's tough to hear. And, like, it doesn't matter, like, what I think about him as a personal player. Like, he's obviously got his faults, but every player does. Like, it's just hard. So I would say, hopefully, I see him get a trade. I want him to go to a team where he just fucking fits and the, and the team backs him and he can play his game. 
Because if he doesn't become a shooter, he's still fucking probably a top 500 player in this league or 250 player in this league. Like, he's still a transcendent player who can get you on a run, who can get you in consistent playoffs, who's going to be a possible depoy every year he plays. Like, I don't know how many teams wouldn't want that. And I just think maybe he's just waiting until he can get himself to, to LA, to the Lakers. And maybe they just fucking look, say, you know what, let's just give out Russ for Ben. Like, let's just do it. And I wouldn't be shocked that that's a trade, you know? Like, I wouldn't be shocked. And I don't think that anyone's talking about that, but that could definitely happen. Like, LeBron will take him. He's, that's, that's his boy. That's like his little protege, you know? So I I, I, I just saw all the rumors. I'm like, that's bullshit. I just don't see him getting traded. Another thing I want to talk about, I talked about Elo, but Evan Mobley, this guy's going to be the best player in that draft, I think, within five years' time. Like, I just think K can definitely be it. Uh, Jalen Green can too, but fuck, I just think Mobley's like freakish, dude. Like, he's just got a lot on him. He's a scorer. He's a defender. He's long. He's got touch. He can he can bring the ball up. He's just he's just nuts, man. And I think it's good to see Cleveland, even though they don't have Colin Sexton, they're still the sixth seed right now at 15 and 12. And Buckley's chance, if you asked me, they said they would have been the 16 without Colin, I would be like, fuck no. No way. Don't even, they didn't even throw that up because it's just a lie, you know? So it's really cool to see Cleveland actually getting a little bit better because it, I didn't think they were going to be very good. And I actually like their team, eh? I, I, I don't mind their team. They got a good six to seven. Like, I like Jared Allen. I like Garland. I like Kevin Love still, even though he's not playing super, super. But, you know, Mark and I'm not a massive fan. I don't think he's great. But he's averaging 14.8, so nearly 15 a game. Mobley, as I said, Mobley's 14, eight. You know, that's that's great for a rookie Isaac Okoro's been playing pretty decent. I know he doesn't have a lot of scoring in this and that, but he's been playing pretty good, man. Chetty Osmond can be a guy who comes off the bench and gives you 10 or gives you fucking 40. You just never know. Ricky Rubio for me too. He's probably a favorite player for me in the NBA. He's just a fucking basketball savant. Like, honestly, he's just, oh my goodness. I just I just love everything about him. So their team's really, really nice. I don't know how far they go. I don't know if they still make the playoffs or to play in. But right now, they're probably a team that, if I look at them, like, you know what, they're... They're doing a good job. They're doing a really, really, really good job. But that's that's just a little bit about them. But guys, that's going to be today's podcast. I just wanted to keep it short. I could be going so long about all these things I could talk about because there's so much to talk about, let's be honest. But guys, next episode is going to come through. I'm going to give my early all-star predictions. I'm going to give 12 and 12. I know I'm just going to go east and west back as we usually did a couple of years ago, back when I was growing up watching the uh, NBA All-Star game. But, guys, that's today's episode. Thank you for listening. You will hear everything about the socials, guys. We are on Instagram. We are all that good stuff, guys. So thank you for listening, guys. I do appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all the content that's coming your way. Hit us up on Instagram at lanesmedia underscore all under capitalized letters. Thanks for listening, guys. But most importantly, have a great day.